Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Jane. I'm Kat. And this is Made You Look. This is a podcast where we watch an episode of each other's favourite TV shows in order to try and figure out why do we love the things that we love? Mm. It's been a little while. It has been a little while. Every time you say that, though, I keep thinking of that damn song. Uh, All right. You can sing it this one time. It's been a while. I don't even know who it is. Who the hell is it? It's probably like Nickelback or someone shitty oh, like that. Oh no! Did I just sing Nickelback on our episode back after a break? I know. It's like oh, we never left. Oh my god! Like we never left. <laughs> so, if you are a returning member of our Media Look audience, welcome back. Thanks for listening again. Thanks for finding us. Um, we just had to take a little bit of a break to sort out some stuff in our lives. Not easy sorting out your lives, is it? <laughs> Uh, but we're back on board and really pleased to be here. So if you're back too, thank you for finding us. We're really happy to have you. If you're new, if you've found us through some magical new way, then welcome. Yes, this is Major Look. This is Major Look. Uh, we actually have a huge back catalogue of episodes that you can listen to. We have 59 that you can find. Um, if you want to go back and listen to some of our old episodes, we welcome you to do so. I might recommend starting with some of our later ones because, you know, as as with a lot of podcasts, when you're new and you're not too sure what you're doing, <laughs> some of our early episodes are pretty dodge. Um, we prattled a lot. We just prattled a lot. I prattled a lot. We, we, we refined the whole system of how we do things and it's a lot better now and we hope to continue to make improvements. But also, uh, if you're new to the podcast, there are so many different TV shows that we've done in the 59 mm-hmm. episodes and a couple of movies. Uh, so just pick maybe something that you're interested in because then you'll actually have a really interesting aside aspect of what we think of the show that you've already seen before. That's exactly right. And you will all have noticed probably that we have recently joined a podcast network. Mm-hmm. We're now part of That's Not Canon Productions. Uh, a huge thank you to Zane and the team over there for having the faith to bring us on board. It's really great to have somebody who kind of uh, has a bit of faith in us and, and thinks that we can deliver something magical so it's very nice you know we may have a few changes as things kind of progress as we get uh more involved with the tnc but uh super pumped super pumped it's super really pumped. really great um to be a part of that team shall we talk about what we're doing this season kurt yeah, so we're, this season we're doing something called Hindsight. Continuing those eye puns. Oh, we love them so much. We love those eye puns. <laughs> uh, so Hindsight, um, as I've just mentioned, we do have a, a large back catalogue of episodes. And in order to kind of 
do a little bit of a getting back into things. Yes, uh, the swing isn't so easy after a bit of a break. Yeah, it's taking us a minute. And uh, so we thought we might actually go back and revisit some of the TV shows that we have done in the past. That may not necessarily be success stories. Yeah, um, I think that there's sometimes where we do this and as we're discussing, we kind of come to the conclusion that we didn't pick the best episode or perhaps not the best episode to capture the attention of the other person. Yes, more along the lines of the best episode that captured the attention of us. Yes, exactly. So we're just going to take a second stab at some of those shows. Um, you're welcome to go back and have a listen to those episodes. We're not going to refer to them too much. We haven't actually re-listened to those episodes. <laughs> we don't really enjoy listening to our voices too much. No. And also, I didn't want to kind of have this whole conversation be the same conversation we've had before. Fresh and new. Fresh and new. Ish. So today's television show is one that we discussed way back in episode nine. Oh, it was the first season. It was first season. Oh. God, can you even remember? That? I mean, I think it was recorded. Was it in my bedroom or your bedroom? It was in my. It was the one time we recorded in my bedroom. Oh, that's right. Um, there was there were cats. We were sitting on the floor. There were cushions. Was, there were cushions and blankets hung all around us to try and fix the sound bleed. Look, we used to be a little more low tech than we are now. Um, <laughs> not a soundproof room. Not quite a soundproof room and a fancy professional microphone. <laughs> so that was that was back then and. I love this show and I'm really excited to actually give Jane a second go around at it mm -hmm. because I think there's some really good aspects of the show that she enjoyed and uh, that she could enjoy. Mm, totally. And so it's awesome to get a second chance at getting Jane to make her watch this show. So what did you make me watch, Kat? I made Jane watch In the Flesh, episode two of season two. So, um, before I get into the episode context, uh, I just wanted to do a little brief summary of the show itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, In the Flesh is a BAFTA award-winning BBC supernatural drama. And while one of the fun things that we love about British television shows, they tend to be a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be a bit more concise. Mm -hmm. And I love the storytelling element behind these shows. Uh, it was created by Dominic Mitchell and it originally aired in uh, 2013 and was uh, cancelled after 2014 due to budget cuts for the channel. Of course. Yes, such a shame. Such a shame. Uh, there's actually another TV show that we might talk about in a different time where this the character, the central character, is actually kind of almost harkened back to in a different TV show. I remember you mentioning that. Yes, but we, yes. Never, we never followed up on that. Uh, but um, I really love this show, and it's uh, very interesting in terms of the fact that it is a zombie apocalypse show, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's not so much a, a zombie apocalypse show as it is a zombie uh, bureaucracy show. <laughs> it's a little bit political. It's like, okay, zombie apocalypse happened and the world didn't end. Mm. We fixed it. Okay. Yes. And I've got so much to say about that. Um, so much interesting stuff in this episode. Uh, are you ready to give me the context that you provided or give the audience the context that you provided me? Yes. So just a quick reminder, um, we often don't give each other the first episode or pilot of a TV show. Uh, we tend to pick an episode that we think encapsulates something else that is awesome about the series. And with hindsight, we're going to try and pick another one for the other person. Mm -hmm. Be a bit yes. mindful Different of that. episode Not that we picked before. And uh, so uh, I give Jane a little bit of context in terms of where she's jumping into the season so she can know what the hell is going on. And also for anybody who 
who is listening in, just a reminder that we are 1,000% spoiled on this TV show. Mm -hmm. We will spoil everything leading up to this episode. We may spoil things after this episode. I hope not, but if Jane wants me to, I will. It, I just, it could happen. It could totally happen. We also may spoil any other TV show at any <laughs> given time or movie or anything. So um, if we're about to talk about something that you don't want to be spoiled about, just maybe, you know, skip forward a little while. A little bit. We'll try. If we do, we try to put time codes in, but eh. Uh. Honestly, you're here to listen to about people talking about TV shows, so I think you know what you're in for. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right, so the episode context that I gave Jane for this episode, no episode titles, which was a little reminder for me. They didn't need them, apparently, just episode one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> uh, so, Kieran has been working long shifts at for his escape fund to get away from Rawton and finally study art in Paris. Jem is almost 20, but back at school after the rising and fighting to defend the town against zombies as part of the HVF, the Human Volunteer Force. They put a halt on everyone's studies while that was all happening. So she's almost 20 now and going back to high school. Mm -hmm. There's a PDS, which is Partially Deceased Syndrome, the uh, cured zombies of the TV show. Sufferer, who has always had a crush on Jem, Kieran's little sister, in high school and thinks this is his big second chance at getting her. Kieran is happy to see the return of his undead friend Amy again, but is unsettled by the opinionated views of her new beau, Simon. Part of the ULA, the Undead Liberation Army, gosh, there's a lot of initialisms and anagrams in this show, (laughs) which is a support network, uh, not a terrorist group, but for the PDS sufferers, the zombies. And while there's been a hatred spewing forth across the country from Victus, a pro-living political party against zombies, uh, there are some PDS people who have retaliated, unfortunately, with public terrorist attacks spurred on by the radical undead prophet, using a drug known as Blue Oblivion that reverts them back to their rabid zombie state. Simon and Amy tell Kieran that while things look safe around here in Broughton now, Prejudice is just brewing below the surface. And after a visit from the Victus MP Maxine Martin, love the alliteration, in their town, he sees that the danger is still there. Kieran decides to move up his plans and leave Rawton as soon as possible. And Maxine Martin has a creepy list on her wall with Kieran's and a few other PDS sufferers' face on it. Awesome. That was quite um, a bit of information. That was quite a bit of information. And just for those listeners who um, perhaps haven't heard the first episode, just a little bit of context yes. generally about the TV show. The whole one. The whole the whole thing is that a few years ago, five years ago? Four. Four years ago? Six years ago, if she was 20. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, all the dead? No, it was, it was people who had died in the past year. People who had died in the past year rose from their graves. All became zombies. All became zombies. They were rabid to begin with and attacked and... Ate would, people. Ate people yeah. and all sorts of things were yeah. big on eating brains. Mm-hmm. But then they were all rounded up by the government and it was discovered that there's a drug that they can take like every day or every something. Every day, a daily um, that, kind of like injection. Um, that returns them to their previous uh, mental state of mm-hmm. being alive, essentially. But they have to continue taking that drug, other, drug, otherwise they become rabid and 
like a zombie again. Yeah, so essentially, uh, you know, it's just like a disease that can be fixed with treatment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I really love that actual take on it because we haven't really seen anything like that in a number of other zombie shows, which is all just like, ah, yeah. hordes, zombies, brains, bad. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah. yeah. No, and, and so our main character, Kieran, is partially dead, as they are referred to, and he has been returned to his family as many of the partially dead were post- the cure. The cure. After the rising. That's right. But his town was, uh, his northern English town. Very was, small, very rural. Very small, very rural, very... Um, no government support. Mm. And so they were mostly protected and run by the human volunteer force during the rising and the years post-rising when they continued to be assailed by, you know, rotters as they were referred yes. to. Yes, you always got to have a new um, nickname for yes. zombies in Heaven any zombie Heaven forbid we refer to them as zombies. <laughs> uh, great. So uh, for those that are new, what we're going to do now is we're, I'm going to give a very quick recap of the episode, just a really little rundown of what happened, mm-hmm. and then we will talk about kind of the things that you love, the things that I love. I think perhaps what we might do actually just having this thought now, is uh, directly after the recap, we might just try and get all of my questions out of the way. Yeah. And they're mostly questions about what happened between the last episode and this one. Uh, As in, or the last episode. The last episode that I saw um, and this one. And and kind of once we've done that, then we'll get into, yeah, kind of the themes and the characters and, yeah, what we like and didn't like. Mm -hmm. So my recap. Gem. Kieran's younger sister, Mm -hmm. is finding it difficult to fit in at the school she has returned to. PTSD nightmares, flashbacks, and an essential disconnect with the kids in her grade kind of getting in the way of her fitting in. When she starts talking about her heroic deeds with the HVF as part of history class, she garners some respect and starts to kind of disregard the attentions of her former crush, Henry, who is the partially deceased gentleman we referred to earlier. Mm Henry and his friends, kind of angry at the treatment they get at school, decide to play a prank on the school. So his friend takes this drug that we refer to as Blue Oblivion, Oblivion, which causes him to temporarily devolve into his rotter state. He attacks the school and Jem is pushed out by her classmates to deal with the situation since they believe her to be a war hero. Badass, that's right. Um, but PTSD kind of gets in the way and she completely chokes. Meanwhile, Kieran is finally off to art school in France. Mm-hmm. He's about to catch the train to the airport, but even as Amy tries to stop him from leaving and convince him to stay, he's stopped by the implementation of a new PDS giveback scheme, forcing PDS sufferers to volunteer, quote-unquote, their labour in order to rebuild the towns and businesses that were destroyed in the Rising. This measure causes the PDS sufferers to become very resentful and they start listening more and more to Simon, this uh, disciple, mm-hmm. essentially. He, starts, he tries to teach them that they shouldn't be ashamed of what they are and he convinces them all to gather together one evening wearing the clothes that they wore when they rose. They all come together at this event, which is sort of like a rave, um, yeah. and Kieran comes as well, finding that everybody there is just a little bit high on sheep's brains. Kieran asks Simon for his help to get him to leave the country since he has learned that 
he will no longer be able to without citizenship and that the promise to give them all citizenship is probably a lie. And they claim that after six months of hard work and labour, you can reapply and actually leave the country. Well, you can get citizenship, which will allow you to get a passport, which will get you to leave, but he discovers that's a lie. So he asks Simon for his help in leaving the country while Amy is there and she's all high and she's like, I'm going to go find firewood. (laughs) Um, Simon kind of convinces Kieran that he should stay for his family, for Amy, and also for Simon, he says, grabbing his hand seductively. I mean, it was seductively, but it was it wasn't like grabbing. It was just a soft, gentle touch on top of the hand. Yeah, sorry, I just mean he helped. It, it, it was in a romantic gesture. It was manipulative. Yes, in no, one way or another. That's true. That's uh, true. Yeah, hard to know exactly what direction they're going to go with it, but um, Kieran is a gay man, so mm. um, you know, easily suggestible by a handsome other young partially dead gentleman with a delightfully Scottish accent. Um, meanwhile, a drunk Jem, who's ashamed of her uh, behaviour earlier in the day, meets up with a fellow HVF member and explains her difficulty at school. He takes her along on a uh, an approved patrol. That's not really called a patrol because they don't patrol anymore no. because the HVF is technically disbanded, but the uh, the local member has found a way to allow him to patrol. Jem uh, becomes a little bit disoriented and in her drunk state she starts chasing after what she thinks is a rabbit. She and Amy and Henry, who are both high, are all wandering around the woods and we feel that something bad is about to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the jittery Jem shoots at what she thinks is a rabbit only to find that it was actually Henry. The cute little boy who had a crush on her. The cute little boy who had a crush on her. Right in the head. Oh, so he's so dead. So dead. Proper dead this time. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that brutal ending. Oh, I didn't. Oh, well, no, no, I know. <laughs> but I mean, like, when I watched it again oh, right. to see, I, I thought that the um, the storyline actually went a bit longer uh, between uh, him and her. Yeah, right. Um, because it was only two episodes. Yeah. Um, and uh, this season is actually six episodes, whereas the first season was only three. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was because uh, the storyline of Jem is actually much more developed this time around. It's less focused on Kieran. It's a lot more things happening with yeah. the supporting characters. Yeah. and. Gosh, it just really hit me in the heart at the end of that because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, who's it going to be? You know, they're just trying to get you all concerned about someone's going to get shot. Well, I was just gosh. happy it wasn't Amy. I really thought it was going to be Amy. Oh, they weren't going to kill Amy. Well, it's just they did. They it felt like that it had been foreshadowed to mm. me because she had been like, you know, she talked all episode about how she was Kieran's. BDFF. Yes. And, and also, about how, you know, you've got to like him, you have to like him, he's my future husband, all that sort of stuff. And so, how she was starting to have tremors. Yes. And it seemed like the injections weren't working on her anymore. That's right. So I just kind of felt like maybe that might have been where they were heading. Um, but I'm glad they misled you. I'm glad they misled me. Uh, so question time. Yes. Just to confirm, Amy was the character that we met last episode that yes. I saw. Yes. Um, and she, she took him outside and never really left the house before then. Yeah. They had a little fun time out. Yeah. Great. I do remember that. Uh, she obviously went away and then came back with Simon. Yes. So a bit of time has obviously passed because yep. Kieran was raising up money to try and leave and actually finally go to art mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm back. Wait, you're going? What? What? Yeah, right. I see. I yes. See. Kieran's Kieran's bow. Rick didn't make it. It's really heartbreaking. Okay, I'll just leave it at that then. I assumed that was the case. 
they, they hinted at it. wasn't in the picture at well, all. Well, they hinted at it. They hinted yeah. that something had happened with his dad and Rick. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Just because I don't want to give you everything because I'd still really like you to experience that, mm-hmm. even though that was the first episode that I saw. Yeah, right. <laughs> The last episode of the first season was the first episode I saw, and I was like, I need to see the show. This is incredible. Yeah, and yeah. it's all been spoiled for me. Yeah. Uh, any more questions? Uh, yes. How much time has passed between the episode that I saw and this one? Uh, probably about six months. Okay. Not, not a long time. Okay. But, like, Close to a year, not not fully a year, not not a big amount of time, right. but enough time that um, it seems that the world is moving along, and you know he's not getting uh, graffitied on his door yeah, anymore. Yeah. And it seems in the first episode there is really that notion of what I uh, put in the context uh, earlier that seems like oh maybe things are okay here, maybe yeah, things yeah. are all right. Yeah. Um, but there's always that element of you know because one of the good symbolisms of the show is to talk about racism in a different other way and. Um, you know, if you've got a different species, mm. so to speak, even though it's just a disease, it's a different um, able person, mm. it was, uh, it seems like it's always going to be there in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked that because it did seem like the world was a little more established yeah, um, and a little more together than it was the last time we saw them when there was still this unofficial HVF kind of roaming the the countryside and doing patrols and I was kind of wondering if there was a specific reason why that had stopped but they they were officially disbanded when the show started yeah but, but they it were was fresh freshly disbanded yeah and they, they were officially disbanded but they were still running yeah they were still running um so my last question is all education stopped not entirely clear Right. But the thing is that if a zombie apocalypse happened, you can imagine that people wouldn't be going to school, teachers wouldn't be going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that didn't necessarily happen. And so when this season started, it was Jem finally going back to school again. Yeah, right. And that was for for a period of four years um, when she hadn't. And so this is now the fifth year, I think. Yeah. Um, Because she said almost 19, almost 20. I think she's 19 at this point in time. Sure. I guess that's just a little bit confusing because I'm wondering... um, you know, these kids that have obviously come up to this grade, so they've obviously continued to progress their education while she didn't, which is possibly just because she was out. HVFing. Um, HVFing. But then Henry's there as well. It was just kind of the timeline there see, between the kids that were in the class and Henry and then Jem seemed a little bit confusing mm. about when people had been the right ages. But perhaps I'm just thinking about There's it There's also much. the concept that... Uh, uh, the PDS sufferers don't age. Yeah, but he would progress his education. Presumably he would pass that class and go to the next class. No, but he, for years, yeah. he was a certain age and he has not aged. No, no, it's point. not the age that oh, he okay. looks that's yeah. confusing me. I'm just confused as to, like, what grade has Jim gone back into? What are the ages of the kids all around her? If she oh. was 14 when she left school, that means that these guys must have been, like, you know, 10, so then they've come to be at that age or, like, what age is everybody else in the class compared to her, compared to Henry? That's like a very specific question that I don't have an answer I know. for. And I think the show, while it does do a lot of specifics, I don't think it did that well. I know. I don't know why, <laughs> why it really struck me, but I think it was on the second viewing when I was just kind of like, hang on, if all education stopped, I think it mostly flagged when you said it just then. Right. If all education stopped... Then the kids who stopped going to school in year when they were ten mm. should then have to go back and do year five again. Yeah, yeah. But that's not doesn't seem to have been the case because the kids who 
were 10 at the rising now seem to be in whatever this grade is now, year, year 10. Yeah. Um, so they obviously continue their education. So is it just that Jem jumped out or is it that all school stopped or like, and, and, and what were the timelines for that? Because as we saw last time, society was sort of back up and running, but not 100% back up and running. Yeah, because we didn't so, see necessarily any school plot lines or anything like that, but it was also because it was only a three-episode story structure and Jem was really yeah. focusing more on the family side of things. I think it's just education. a little bit, uh, uh, not quite a mistake, but just something in the world building that I would love to see um, kind more, of teased out a yeah. little more just because it, it, I think the level at which society educates their youth I think is really indicative of how well they're going, yes, I guess. that's very true when in terms of the... how the world is actually Clamping, running. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It sort of, you know, when you move past pure survival into... Building a future. Education, yeah. exactly, yeah. moving toward a future, it would just help me to understand what this world looks like, not necessarily just in Rawton, but also generally. There's um, more information, there's a bit more information about that in the first episode when she okay. goes back to school for the first time. Right. But I chose not to give you that episode okay. because I liked the um, themes in this one and I thought you would too. Yes, yes, beautiful. Okay, thanks. That's fine. That's just kind of a... I know it sounds <laughs> really... really irking you. <laughs> no, I know it sounds really specific. No, but, but I like it. It's I actually like more it. about... I think, I think what really struck me in this episode is kind of this in-between crisis and bureaucracy mm-hmm. um, and what a world looks like that is sort of six years out of a very major crisis, which obviously changed the way that everything worked. And now we're at that point where there's a bit of recovery and now moving into how we treat the quote-unquote instigators of that. Um, in terms of their PDS give back scheme. But I really do like the fact that you're, because this is quite a detailed show mm. and it is quite uh, careful in its world building, that when you saw a flaw in that, it jarred you. Yeah, exactly. Because that- you were expecting more fluid, like smooth going, I guess, for the other yeah. things that they've developed and they've focused so hard on. Uh, I do think that obviously season one was a bit smaller. Mm. Uh, and then so season two, they enlarged the world a little bit more. The world has become to bigger budget, longer episodes, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, longer season. And so they may have let a few things slide because now they had to deal with a lot more plates. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I think that's one of my favourite parts of this uh, episode was sort of the expansion of that world on what we saw last time. So the last time I watched this, we kind of commented on the fact that there was things like a hotline for pe- for families mm. of um, the partially dead who are returning home, but then the hotline was always too full because yeah. it hadn't been properly resourced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how That's a, that was a wonderful detail. That was a it? wonderful detail, yeah. and I was really struck in this episode by the 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 PDS give back scheme. Um, like uh, the um the the shoddy uh like bring out the VHS and the uh, or is the DVD of course but bring out the old TV on wheels like it is at old high schools. Well, yeah, I mean that's the implementation of it is the actual act of implementing it is one thing that yes I did kind of find a little bit funny, but actually the scheme itself um is so believable to me. Right, and I say that not just because like I can imagine that happening. But because that's pretty much literally what we do mm. in, and I did a bit of research on this afterwards because it immediately flagged in my head. Right. This is pretty much what work for the doll is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anybody who's an international listener, uh, a quick explanation of work for the doll is basically that in Australia, someone on high in about the mid-90s, I think it was John Howard, basically decided that if you're on unemployment, you should go and take part in a scheme where you get a little bit of work training and try and get yourself back into the swing of working. and While getting your... welfare support. Yeah, but it's all volunteer. Yeah. You don't get paid, don't get paid for, that. for doing the work that you're doing, but you are required to do, it used to be 30, it's now 50 hours a fortnight really? of volunteer work Jeez. in order to qualify for your unemployment payments. And it's usually, it's... It's supposed to be like the way that the government markets it is that, you know, you go and you learn new skills so you can go and do admin work and you can can get experience and then that will help you to get a job. And and hopefully some of those people might even employ you that you're doing work for the doll for. But what it usually ends up being is like crappy menial tasks, like a big one that I read about that a lot of people get kind of pushed into is sorting donations in you know, a Vinnie's or yeah. a, a, like a secondhand charity shop, a Goodwill. A thrift shop. A thrift shop. And, and so they're just shoved, shoved in a back room, just sorting through clothes, all on their own. They're not allowed to have contact with customers. They're really unsafe workplaces. They're like, they're not up to code, mm. all that sort of stuff. And it's quite, it can be dangerous. It can be demoralizing. Yeah. And, and it's all in this kind of under the banner of, you don't deserve anything. You don't unless deserve government support unless you you're des- doing something. Unless you are doing something. And I feel that that's, that's sort of the the scheme that the PDS Give Back scheme reminded me of. Mm. Um, this whole idea of you are unworthy. Yeah. And you have to work to garner our respect. Not Sorry, not respect, to garner citizenship. Yeah. You're not even a person. You can't leave the country. You don't exist. But I don't think it's even just leaving the country. It's, yeah, you don't no, exist. No, yeah, sorry. That, that was an element in terms of the story, just bringing it exactly. back to Exactly. But, but that's, um, that's because he, his passport is invalid. You don't exist. You don't have a passport. Mm. You're not a person. And just that little element with um, uh, the MP, she's like, oh, your passport, yeah, I just got it last month. Mm. Did it have it? Did you check the box that says actually PDS? Oh, no, there wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. The post office is really out of date, isn't it? Exactly. That's an old form. I'm sorry. This isn't valid anymore. Exactly. It's, it's that kind of bureaucracy of going, I, I want to do the right thing. I went and got the form. I went and got I the, form. the form. I did the thing. I've handed it in. It's not my fault that that the gut, that the bureaucracy, the red tape is is broken. It's, you know, really, you know, what we see in, in government, local government and federal and state government all the time, mm. which is that the systems are inherently broken or outdated or they're almost setting people up to fail that's exactly right so it's like incredibly realistic and incredibly devastating and i think it's really like obviously in terms of uh just the context of the show itself Mm. um you know it does have a pretty good even though it was the cheesiest ad of all time uh it, it had a good element to it in terms of trying to market it in a certain way i love marketing advertising i love breaking it down it was terrible marketing no, no no but in terms of the element of what they were selling in terms of you while you were in this rabid state you potentially killed people you did harm to the world yeah so you should fix it you should help Make it better. Pay penance to what you did, even though you weren't necessarily. I was going to say, I, I don't think that 
Yeah, I, I understand that that's the marketing tactic that they're going with. Oh, I'm not saying it's right. No, but I also don't think that that's a particularly... Um, good strategy. Good strategy. Mm. Because it hasn't it been pretty well established that they weren't responsible of, for their own actions. Of sound mind. But the thing is, anyone who wasn't... Anyone who hasn't got anyone who's a PDS sufferer close to them, would they think that? Would they imagine that? Just remember yeah, the people yeah, yeah. on the outside. No, no, no. Yeah. I like. I understand. I do understand. I just. I don't quite understand what you what you mean by I love that marketing tactic. Oh, in terms of I guess just what the world is in its current state, and even though if we have science or information proving that this is actually what happened, this is actually the facts. People can ignore the facts and just see what right. happened and completely move past that and yeah. only see it at surface value. Yeah. And so that's what I liked about it in terms of it wasn't necessarily targeting the people who were informed, it's targeting the people who were ill-informed or yeah, sorry, yeah. misinformed yeah. and would have worked. Yeah. I don't want to date the podcast too much, but we are in the middle of an election campaign right now as we record <laughs> this. Obviously, by the time you hear it, we will we'll, either we'll... have a new government or uh, the same. Anyway, the election will be over, but at the moment it's it's kind of interesting to see that, considering that we're in the middle of kind of scare campaigns about the death oh, tax, and do you find that it's like like way bigger in the here in the city, right? Um, I haven't actually noticed it more than I did anywhere else. Okay, I've noticed that maybe it's only when um I've gone I don't have outside a, of the city. I don't have a TV. No, so no, no I'm helps. talking about billboards. And those little cars that draw, or bikes that even go around with little trailers on the back of them and, and their own little signs across them. I think this is because you live down south. Down south? Yeah. I lived up north. You currently live down oh, south. Oh, right, right. You live right. down south. Yes, sorry. I, I currently live down south. Yes. I was just talking about where I lived before I was in the No, city. no, I mean, right now you live south of the, of the Yarra. Yeah. Therefore... You might see this a little bit more than me. Mm, mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a bit more. And also I found it whenever I go outside of the city a lot. Just on the on the way out, there's a lot of billboards, more highways and things like that. Yeah, right. I see a lot there. Anytime I go to the beach, I'm just like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Gangs. Oh, no. Wait, what? What gangs? <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it is interesting that uh, to see kind of a scare campaign but put forward not as a scare campaign, yeah, yeah. which I think is is why, like, it makes me a little bit unwell to see that. Like, it, I kind of, it, it makes me f- feel yucky in my stomach. Well, that's one of the reasons why I like this show, yeah. is it, it unsettles you, but because it's quite realistic. Mm. And that's one of the things I like about it, because before this show, I don't think I'd ever really seen many, I thought Walking Dead was it, you know, in terms of the first season, the first episode, in terms of a show that would show a realistic, um, representation of what would actually happen if zombies happened. Mm. And this, to me, is so much more specific and believable mm. uh, than than anything else that we'd really seen. And so I, I really enjoy the fact that it's, like, relating to you so much in terms of life, even as it's going on, even though this was in 2014. Well, I mean, the world isn't that different from what it was like in 2014. No, that's true, that's true. <laughs> One thing that I do also want to talk about is, and I'm really having a thought about this as I say it, so excuse me if it's a little bit jumbled. <laughs> Earlier you mentioned how there's a racial element in terms of this is meant to be a an allegory for racism. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, it looks less like regular racism and it looks a lot more like xenophobia or, as is particularly relevant today, Islamophobia. Oh, yeah. 
um, just in terms of the scare tactics, the fear mongering, right. yeah. the whole idea that there's an entire subsect of the community that has been infiltrated, demonized. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of infiltrating yeah. the culture and then. And and so within that, people will fear that and that there's things like, you know how people like demonise Sharia law or whatever yeah, it is yeah, or yeah. halal yeah, foods. Yeah. And I'm, I'm terribly sorry if I'm referring to anything incorrectly because I'm not learned on this subject whatsoever. No, but you're very right in terms of uh, I think this season actually el- puts that element into it more because the first episode of the second season actually starts with a supporting character who you see in um, season one is actually... Uh, a part of a, a part of the victims who were attacked by a group of uh, PDS sufferers taking blue oblivion, you know, proclaiming that it's a movement, exactly. taking off their moose, and then bombarding a public transport. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, no, that actually makes a whole lot more sense to me. I love it when you, like, bring another element of a show that I love that I didn't see before, even though I've seen the show, like, three times. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think you're compl- right on the money there in terms of actually, like, what it's actually trying to make a comment on because that's also something very prevalent, I think, uh, in the UK. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that thing where there there is... There is a basis to the fear, which is that there have been there have been bad events that have happened as a result of extremists mm-hmm. um, or, or a very small subset of the community or perhaps people who didn't have, uh, who were manipulated, et cetera, by forces greater than them. And that this is what we're seeing is the reaction to that, which is full of fear and full of hatred and therefore tries to impose unfair laws on them Mm -hmm. for example perhaps the way that we ship people off to you know um not ship people but don't allow people in and make them live in indefinite detention in offshore facilities etc etc anyway all of that to say i have heard it said usually by people on the internet that it can be problematic when you try to represent racism or xenophobia or islamophobia as something else on television without there being any characters of colour really on that television show. So by kind of having, like, more or less everybody's white, not not exclusively, although the one person of character is demonised, so that's a problem. Anyway, I think that it can be a little bit, like, pandery, pandering-y, because it's like we can only understand this when we see it happening to other white people. Yeah, and as opposed of, to oh, like for us to actually view it through this lens and not be jarred or actually really pay attention to it, it needs to be people I'm saying with air quotes like us. Yeah. Yeah. People who look like us. And when we see that, you know, like Yeah, oh so bad that we are that that they are discriminating against this member these members of the community. They're just like us. It's just that they happen to be partially deceased. It becomes easier for us to relate to that, but at the same time, it shouldn't. We shouldn't, shouldn't require need it. No. it to become easier for us to relate no. to people who are being hated. No, it, I think that's uh, I think that's a, a big problem just with casting in general. Um, but I guess that's also a, a part of like higher up producers in terms of what they think sells and it, like it's it's a massive problem in terms of television, unfortunately. Um, and you know, I, I was already so thrilled. And the episode that I gave you before 
was just when you actually learned that Kieran was gay. And it wasn't a central plot line, you know, it was actually really nice, it came very naturally, it wasn't him coming out of the closet, it wasn't a big deal, it was just a simple conversation in a car. And I really was so happy that, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that this was happening, I didn't even know what the show was about. But even then, it was I was so excited just to have one representation of an element that I liked that it almost, not necessarily blinded me, but help made me pay less attention to the fact that it wasn't as diverse as it should have been yeah and and i'm not like saying that it's bad that we don't always see that because we are part of the culture we are part of the dominant culture Mm. and we have not been brought up from a young age to recognize these inequalities yeah that can't continue to be an excuse for us no and I know this is a few years ago, but it's not that many years ago. No, it's only no. five years ago. Like diversity existed five years ago. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I just think I just think it's worth recognizing that that we shouldn't have to, yeah, pander to white people's ability to sympathize with other white people in order to learn about racism. Mm. Perhaps we could just learn about racism and agree that it's all bad. Yeah. But that that is part of what fantasy and sci-fi does aim to do is you know, try to show issues in another light so that you can process them outside of your current context and bring that into your context. But, yeah, I think it just would have been better if they had had more than one person of colour, particularly when that one person of colour is the bad guy. Mm. Which she is. Yeah, she's very interesting, though. Uh, she's not just a villain necessarily. Uh, throughout this season, you haven't seen much of her. Okay, I was like, I, I, I just, was not. She just seems that like she's a bad guy. I mean, like you saw her give, doing the give back scheme and like forcing Kieran to do this, and and you know being, you know, going to the school after the uh, the Blue Oblivion incident and getting names and access, and so she seems very much just like a bad guy uh, right now. But she, uh, uh, throughout the season, she's a she's a bit more layered. Uh, I will say that it is unfortunate that I think like her motivations aren't really revealed until the last episode. Mm. And so that kind of feels uh, a bit weak to me in terms of if you, if you're going to have a, cause Simon in himself is someone who you think is, I would almost say Simon is almost like Loki. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a character who like, you don't trust, but you kind of like him, but you don't want to. And you, you don't know what's going to happen. Is mm-hmm. he going to be a villain? What's going on there? And uh, ultimately, something that we also saw in the last episode is while I use the term Beau, that's what she refers to him as. She also refers to Kieran as, you know, who, her husband that she's going to marry. Simon has never actually kissed Amy. Yes, I noticed that in the preview for the next episode. They- oh, I hate that you watch that. This BBC, man, they always like show you almost the entire next episode in the next time on. It's okay. It made me interested. Oh, okay, cool. um, Yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that, as as you've just mentioned, Kieran says in that preview, she thinks that she's she thinks that you're an item. Yeah, and someone's like, I've never let anybody on. So he is so manipulative is so in manipulative. terms of people. But in the uh, when I was rewatching this, picking an episode for you, I actually paid special attention to it because obviously I know what happens between Simon and Kieran throughout the rest of the season. And I was like, wow, anytime she goes in for a hug or he, you know, touches her, it's done in a way that could be construed as friendly, mm-hmm. but is also in a way that anyone who is right next to you or experiencing that touch would assume it to be flirtatious. Absolutely. And she's also very, um, 
gullible. I don't want to say gullible. I feel that she longs for love and affection. Yeah. So you can tell in the way that at one point Simon's speaking to somebody else and Amy asks, is she special? And he goes, you know, she rose in rotten. Of course she's special. And Amy says, like, not as special as me, though, right? Mm. And Simon just keeps going. Mm. So I think that there is an element of he's taking advantage of the fact that Amy is a person who seeks affection and will find affection where affection is perhaps not always there. Mm. That's a character flaw of hers. Yeah, which makes her an interesting character. Which makes her an interesting character, but which he is totally taking advantage of. Yeah, which is so frustrating because she's she's so nice. She's so nice. And and it's it was really lovely because um before in the last season, you know, we saw when Kieran opened up to her about how he died. Um he uh committed suicide. Mm, he didn't yes. attempt suicide, he committed suicide and died and rose from the grave. And so um she was so heartbroken in the way that she reacted to him when she showed him uh like the bruises from she had um what as kind of cancer she had leukemia or something leukemia yeah she had leukemia and she just was so heartbroken that someone of so much she just sees the good in people mm. so much and the potential in people she was like how could you not want to live yeah yeah it's like i didn't have a choice and but she didn't condemn him for it yeah yeah she was still understanding but she was so oh oh i just i really like i see a lot of myself in amy i can see that <laughs> i can see that i even though kieran is the gay one i see a lot of myself in the central ca- in, in the supporting character you know just because they're gay doesn't mean i'm going to see myself in them it's just nice to see a gay plot line yes yes i i I see why you love Amy. I'm not quite there. I don't dislike her. I just was kind of, she's a little bit needy for me. Yeah, oh, no, I get that. <laughs> the character that I thought that you would more relate to is Jem. Yes and no. Mm. Uh, I like the idea of Jem as a character. I found when she started boasting about her HVF adventures while knowing that she's actually severely traumatised, I found that, completely understandable in terms of the high school dynamic and yeah in terms of i understand that there that you would probably want to take advantage of the respect that you're getting from that and also she hasn't had friends for years she's been yeah like like basically only talking to like grown adults killing zombies and drinking in bars i just wish that they had sold it and i think they were leaning toward this but they didn't quite get there Mm. in that the posturing was a way of her to deal with her PTSD, as in, like, I can't face the bad things I did, therefore I need to speak about them uh, as if I'm removed from them, Mm. rather than I want to be liked by these girls. Mm. That's just kind of a preference I would have preferred because I think it was all a little bit um, mean girlsy, like... I've got to fit in with the cool girls. And I don't really love seeing that plot line. It's I, not- I get what you're saying, um, but I, 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 I do also want to point out that even though it is, you know, a bit of a mean girls, a bit of a repetitive, seemingly um, simplistic um, high school storyline, it is quite realistic in terms of in high school, in terms of that element of, you know, wanting to fit in. It is basic. It is basic in terms of television structure and storytelling. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's it's realistic. I don't know. Because of what she's been through? You I think just, that she's... No, I just think it's overly simplistic. Like, right. I want to be liked by these girls. Character. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I feel like she... 
probably should be a little more above that now. The thing is, I think what's interesting about this season is that while you normally see character development uh, with certain people, I think with Jem in this season, you always have character regression mm-hmm. um, because being thrown back into high school after being almost an adult and, you know, going out, killing zombies, protecting her town and protecting her family, that now she's put back into a role that she left years ago. Mm. And so it's, while she is a complicated character, I feel like I'm trying to defend this too much in terms of, I do agree with you, it would have been better to see something else. Yeah. uh, Very much so. I just still find it quite uh, understandable and believable. I Yeah, I, I do understand it. But I just element, didn't like it. The element that I did like about that, though, is when the one of the friends comes over and she seems like she only cares about, you know, all your rotters and what you did, all the badass stuff that you did, and to actually connect with her in terms of you think there's going to be a really horrible moment when Kieran comes in the room and, oh, no, he's a rotter, oh, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, but you've got him back. Yeah. And then you have that moment where she's she doesn't have her her father. father. Yeah, yeah. And it, then even then she's almost going to get to say something and then boom, you know, we get a bit of action because this is this is a show where we probably get one, get like one or two action sequences every two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't really an action sequence either. <laughs> it was someone roaming the halls. It was someone roaming the halls. Yeah, I I didn't mind I didn't mind all of that. No, I, I'm just saying I liked that. Yeah. And that, and that gave more um, uh, depth to the Mean Girls uh, aspect of this episode. Yeah, yes. Because I, I like it when they give those characters who are normally very uh, two-dimensional. One-dimensional? One or two. <laughs> who aren't developed, give them a bit more and show them that there is something underlying there instead of just leaving it up to the audience to believe, oh, they're a bully because something else happened and rah, rah, rah. I, I just like it when they actually give certain characters, even if they're not a central character, a bit more to work with and break away from that stereotype for even just a moment. Yeah, I think it, I think it was just a bit of a disconnect between those two things. I felt like Jem acting like a war hero mm. and this storyline with the other girl, Charlotte, who... Charlotte, that's her name. That was her name. I only caught on the second viewing. With her actually trying to explain or coming to the realisation that Jem probably killed her father in his rotter state and that she actually resents Jem for this for this hero image that she's got going on. I, I kind of felt a little bit of a disconnect between those two for some reason. I mm. felt like those two ideas were really close to being intertwined. But not quite. But not quite. Yeah, I get what because, you're saying. Because I think that I think that Jem's story just kind of needed to pick a lane. It could it It didn't it didn't quite go too far down one or the other. Yeah, it was right. it was a little bit like I wanna fit in with this or I want to overcome my PTSD. Mm. And because it didn't pick either lane fully, neither really got neither to the really neither really yeah kind yeah. of filled themselves out for me properly. So I think that's why it didn't land. Mm. They were both both options are valid options, and I liked them both. It just didn't quite stick the landing for yeah, me. I yeah. think because it, um, as you might say in gymnastics, you know they just overcooked one part 
but didn't rotate enough. You know, too much power, not enough twist. <laughs> um, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, close. And and I'm really and I remember being intrigued by Gem last time I watched the show as well. And that's why I got excited about getting another chance to show you this yeah. because then be like, oh, here's kind of a, a gem moment. This because yeah. she has her own storyline completely separate to Kieran in this season. It's so close. <laughs> I'm so close to really liking her as a character, but I'm just not quite there. Okay, I think we should start to wrap the conversation up a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think one way that we should kind of approach this is let's just talk a little bit about what it is specifically about this show that you love, Mm -hmm. if we can kind of land on it, which we've talked around things and and maybe that's clarified things for you. And I'll talk a little bit about what, whether or not I agree or whether or not I have also found love in it and perhaps why. Mm -hmm. So I think while we have talked about a little bit, uh, one of the core reasons why I love this show is actually the world building Mm. Uh, I think that this show has done a fantastic job I mean when I saw the first season I was so enthralled even though I found out how it ended Mm. that I just wanted more and I didn't get more and it was a very tight storyline but it would take time to put in those little details Mm. and you know I love details Mm. I almost love details more than great dialogue sometimes which is sometimes ridiculous but if a certain detail hits the mark and you've actually really thought about the world building just the the set the construction the art department Mm. that can really sell a show for me like the posters on the wall or you know the hotline or things like that and those elements make this show more believable which kind of makes me like the characters more it makes me be invested i guess because you feel like these characters could literally be in this situation in the real world. Mm. Perhaps might be why you become so invested in them. Yeah, because uh, there's a number of, like, really fantastic shows uh, that people love, critically acclaimed, e.g. Breaking Bad or Mad Men. Sure. Which I don't care about. No. I'm not invested in the characters. <laughs> Me I, I don't. I don't really like them. I, I, I don't really feel for them. And I want to. The shows are good. Cinematography, dialogue. Oh, sure, it's great. Yeah. It's, nah. Are they it's, good? It's better than your average Are show. they good or do people just think that they're good? <laughs> like Game of Thrones. It's my long-standing conspiracy theory about prestige drama. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I didn't realise how much that made an impact on me and how much it actually got it to work. And so in getting you to watch this show, I thought, honestly, it was very surface level. I was just like, there's a gay character in a zombie apocalypse show that's actually not about the zombie apocalypse. This is cool. Um, is why I like the show in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But, and of course, we've mentioned before the fact that it's it's fantastic when a theme such as homosexuality isn't the central plot line. Yeah. It's actually more about his family. And there's actually a really fantastic moment between Kieran and his father in the last episode of season one. And you probably don't recall from the last episode since it was so long ago, but Kieran's dad talks a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, he didn't talk in the last season. He yeah, barely right. spoke at all. And so he's actually trying to be more vocal. And he'll actually, like, even state it in the first episode. He's like, like, Dad, come on, get out. And he's like, I'm just trying to vocalise my concerns and be clear with my... It's like, yes, great work, Dad. Thank you. Now, now, <laughs> now go. Yeah. And it's so wonderful to actually see that dynamic. And I just wanted to... I just really felt invested in these people because of the details and the world building and the realism behind it. That's really why I think I love this show so much. Hmm. 
I think that that's definitely the strength of the show. Mm. Absolutely. I would say that those little details, the fact that most of them add up, (laughs) but it does mean that I do pick things, things kind of twig when they don't quite add up. I love that, like, even though a show can be so well done, as soon as they drop the mark, it stands out. Yeah, and I think that that's, I, I tend to be way more forgiving of TV shows that aren't as consistent and mm-hmm. detail-oriented with their world-building or with their, you know, with their continuity because they go, like, it's that's what this show does. It doesn't stand out because yes. that's the standard of that's, the show. That's the world. That, that, that's that world is constructed less specifically. Mm. So there's room, there's flexibility. But here the world is constructed so specifically and we understand the little complexities that, yeah, those little tiny things Teensy weezy little things do stick out to me. Like, for example... The education. Well, the education. But another thing that stuck out to me was when they say that he sent the wrong form in, in my mind, what should have happened is that form should have been knocked back and not approved because he wasn't the correct form. Yeah. And in a real world, if we're doing this real world thing, then I'm like, well, no, he shouldn't have gotten that passport because, because of the red tape they would have noticed it was the wrong form. And it might have been something more along the lines of he never heard back or the new passport was never sent to him or something like that, where it got caught up in a different part, not just they approved an incorrect application. And then, but then we wouldn't have been in a situation where then, he was almost about to leave. Exactly. So the plot the dramatic tension wouldn't have been there. The plot wouldn't have worked, but it, it is exactly that thing where I was like, well, no, the whole thing about bureaucracy is that they insist on having the right form filed at the right time in the right place. Oh, you put a lowercase letter in your middle name. Exactly. If there's a hyphen, is there two spaces around the hyphen? And if you put two spaces in around the hyphen, then you... It doesn't match. It's not valid. Yeah. Exactly. So... That's, again, those tiny, tiny little details where I go... We should forgive a show with such strong elements. Totally. But because it's so strong, it stands out. It pulls me out of the world. Yeah, okay, yeah. Totally pulls me out. That being said, that's not a a reason why I didn't love the show. Oh, not that I didn't love the show. Actually, I do enjoy the show. Um, I think, inevitably... What, What did you really... This, this time round? Yeah. What about the show did you enjoy? I really enjoyed everything around the PDS Givebacks scheme. Mm, mm. I buy it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I enjoyed, I say enjoyed, but it was painful to watch, but I, I felt resonance with watching Amy. Get manipulated. Get manipulated. Oh, just kind of the heartbreak behind me watching her going, oh, honey, he doesn't. He, he's not, he's, that's not. He's just not, not that, that into you. you. That yeah. kind of, I felt, I did feel for her, even while I'm being frustrated with her for being that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, little bits, you know, little bits of gem storyline I was really into. I think I'm the, really glad you picked why that didn't land for you, though. Yeah. Because it didn't actually land for me, mm. but I didn't connect with Jem like I hoped that you would. Yes. So I didn't. I wasn't as bothered by that. Yes. But that explains to me wholeheartedly why that didn't matter as much. Exactly. For me. Why I was actually leaning, and why I was feeling more maybe for Henry or for Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> uh, in the episode, then I actually did for Jem. Mm. The most I almost felt for Jem was just in the beginning of the episode where she wakes up mm. in a sweat, gets a t- new towel, puts another towel down, and look, I've been having a few cold sweats, so not, the flu's been going around, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. I should put towels down. <laughs> but um, that 
that was just, just some beautiful acting. Yes. And also just a wonderful detail from last season, the towel over the mirror was actually over the mirror. I'm not sure if you realize that, but it was over the mirror because Kieran didn't like seeing his face when he had to put his moose on in the morning. Uh, I see. And that was just a wonderful, I love when they keep those details going on yeah, yeah. From, from the previous yeah, yeah. show. I love it when continuity is longstanding mm. a year later. Mm. I think the, um, and then just to talk a little bit about the bits that don't work for me personally, mm-hmm. um, we've talked a little bit about those tiny little moments that pulled me out and the fact that Jem's storyline didn't quite land. But I think primarily the thing that doesn't quite work for me for this show is literally just my attention span. Oh, yeah, because it's long and slow. It's long and slow. And yeah. it's... And, Everything pulls together. This this is an hour. It is 59 minutes. Yes. It's and a long show. It felt like an hour. Yeah. It felt a little bit long and slow, particularly getting things set up. I just I just don't think that TV shows need as much setup as they think they need. Yeah, you're right. Um, it just seems to take a long time to get to the point. Mm, mm. Um, and there's other characters, there's other character things going on with minor characters that, that didn't I didn't care for, yeah. which is par- partially because obviously I haven't been keeping up with the show. I don't remember who they all are. And what's really going on. What's really the going on. Then, yeah, yeah, things like Philip going to the brothel. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, the You know, the little scene with the two guys who are window washers. Yeah, that, that, that requires a lot of knowledge from the past season and this episode, even though they're super minor characters. But also, do you care? did you care? No, I, so I didn't see how that was relevant to this particular episode. But I guess... I sometimes I think, think that shows have has... casts that are too large. And I keep trying to give moments to everybody. I'm like, just pair it back. <laughs> you don't need that many characters. Get rid of them, and then I can focus on the ones I like. World build and make uh, extra characters do things. I do agree with you in terms of this episode on its own. Like almost any episode in the, in the flesh, it's not mm. um, contained. Yeah, the moments are over a long story, especially because of the extra characters and the large cast who don't really have a storyline right, or only get like a tiny bit of a storyline in this episode is like over the course of the entire season mm. is almost, you know, one bit of a storyline yes. in an episode, which would normally be. I do I do agree with you there. However, it's nowhere near to the extent of, say, a Game of Thrones. This episode does have its own internal structure. Yeah. Um, the the characters do follow, do have an episodic The central character journey. Yes, of course, of course. Um, Jem and Kieran particularly, mm-hmm. they do, they start at one place, they go through a thing, they come, they end somewhere different. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me about other TV shows that they don't do. That are really long. That are really, past. really long, which is they don't start the episode in one place and finish the episode in a different place. They start the episode in one place and they finish at the same place and they've had one scene where they where nothing was progressed and nothing new happened. It's a super long movie cut up into, like, six parts and you already don't like movies that much. Well, it's not even a movie because in movies people start at one place and finish in another place. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's oh, over the season. season is almost like a gigantic yes. movie that doesn't actually have... And quite often, in particularly Game of Thrones, even over that season there still hasn't been much progression between the characters. Like, you could have done what happened with those characters over that season in one episode of yeah. the TV show. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not even a movie kind of No, no, you're arc. right. It's a TV, it's a one episode TV arc. For even like an ABC plotline, not even the exactly. whole Exactly, and line. you've split it over a whole season and it's like, I don't care about what happened. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> that's going back to my Game of Thrones rant, which I promised I wouldn't do so much this season. <laughs> the The point being, I think that this episode, that this TV show is better at structuring 
an episode of television mm. than a lot of other prestige dramas, but it's still generally just a little bit too slow for me. Yeah. So the first time I watched it, I was on my phone the whole time. Oh. But no, I, I, I get it. I, I, I know. I put, but the, like I put it down in the last sort of 10 minutes because... I, it you know, drew you in. It drew me in, and I had missed some bits that when I watched it the second time around, I was like, yeah, I probably should have paid attention the first time. <laughs> you know, so it, it is compelling. I just wish it were a little tiny bit faster More, paced. Yeah, yeah. But I understand that that's not necessarily what British it's, television and what prestige television looks like. Maybe it's just not my cup of tea. Mm, mm. So how many eyes would you give it, Jane? For new people. Yes. We have a different rating system than stars. Yes. So we we judge it by how many eyes you would put on this TV show. Zero eyes means close your eyes. I don't want, to, I don't want any more part of this. Mm-hmm. One eye means, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. Mm, probably if put it on the background. I'll put it on the background. When I'm mining. When I can washing. be bothered. I'll get to it when I get to it. Two eyes is, yeah, I'm really into this. I do want to watch it. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to pay attention. Four eyes is. Pop on your specs. Put on your specs. Close all the windows, close all the doors, focus. I mean, I'm binging You're, this shit. It's a detailed show. You're probably going to binge it. Exactly. Yeah. This show, and I'm probably going to land, I think, where I landed last time. Which I is, think so. I think I gave it two eyes. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. I do like it. It's, it's, it's just missing. I think it's the pacing. I, I think, think the pacing, pacing is a big part for you. It really is. Yeah. It's just like most of the time when I'm watching television, I do need something that will that A, I can watch while I'm doing something else, or B, is really quite fun and easy to watch. Yeah, this isn't easy to watch. This isn't easy to watch. No. Um, and that's not, it's not, not a it's bad not a thing. Yeah, that's the no. thing. It's, so it's not, not trying to be easy to watch. No. Yeah. And I Which like is, that it's not easy to watch. A, that's brave. That's very brave for a TV show to, to actually unsettle you. Totally. And actually be at a pace that's trying to give moments to characters trying to be realistic because in real life things do go slowly exactly. things don't move along quickly exactly but at the same time i need to be in the right headspace and it's not often that when i'm in that headspace there isn't something more immediate yeah. that i want to watch yeah yeah um, and- which is why i didn't come back to this and i say i'm going to give it two eyes but i'm not going to go home and watch it all straight away no no but i i like to think that maybe i've given you a bit more of a taste of Gem and the other possibilities of the show. I, I, I really would like for you to watch the first season, but I think you'll get a lot more out of this season. Well, I don't know, because one thing I didn't have a chance to say, and I've just, just remembered, is that I am really sad that Kieran and Rick aren't together here because that was one of my favourite parts of the You really did like that. That's right. Um, I just thought it was really beautifully done. It was. The way that it came together and how heartbroken I was for both of them. And that has the strongest element of, I didn't realise this show wasn't about Kieran and Rick in the first season. Mm. It was actually about fatherhood and sons. Ew, I hate that. (sighs) (laughs) Hey, hey. Give me a moment because I normally don't give a shit about fatherhood dynamic at all. Yeah, yeah, go. Um, but in terms of the relationship between Kieran and his father and the relationship between uh, Rick and his father, the leader of the HVF, mm. um, and I didn't realise that's kind of the, the core theme of what the show was actually about. In season one? In season one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I did really enjoy it, but I assumed because... Uh, Jem gets her own storyline mm. and the high school element, you often enjoy high school dramas, um, is is where I thought maybe it would get a bit more for you and have slightly yeah. more to this slow-paced show than uh, originally in the first season. 
as we'll talk about next week, the fact that a show is set in high school is not why I like high school no, dramas. No, it's got to be the relationships between the people. It's got to be the relationships between the people, and that was really lacking in well, this. Well, she didn't have a relationship she didn't, with She anyone. didn't connect with anybody. Yeah. And I think perhaps if there had been one of those moments of real connection that wasn't immediately broken the next scene, but yeah. with Charlotte, yeah. I think perhaps I would have, yeah, that might have stuck it for me. It was so annoying that, like, because you want her to talk, you, you want something more to go on with mm. that. And I honestly think that's where it ends for Charlotte's plotline. Probably. I, I, I mean, I can't, goes further than I can't that. see it kind of progressing much further than that like, without, I, I can't remember without undoing what you just did in that episode. It can't really, they can't come together now. Yeah. No. After what she did to her. Exactly. Oh my God. Um, Wasn't that, oh, you're so right. It was so close to being PTSD or, High school dynamic. Yeah, or just human connection. Yeah, yeah. To having that, friends. That's what high school dynamic is about. It's yeah. about human connection. Yeah. It's about finding those connections. We'll talk about <laughs> it. I'm not getting into it right you now. You gave it two eyes. I gave it two eyes. I do like the show. I just need to find the right time to watch it and yeah. the right motivation to watch it. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, what's been in your eye this week, Jane? What have you been watching? Well, I'm actually going to talk about something that I haven't been watching this week. But it's been like six months since we last Yay! recorded and released, so there's been some stuff in the interim that I'd like to discuss. Quite a bit. So we've got a bit of a back catalogue. We've got a bit of a back catalogue of what are we of what's in our eyes, which is great because we're always struggling to find things. Yeah, yeah. We, we tend to record these uh, a few at a time, and sometimes it's like, wait, I already used that one. Damn it. Damn it. Exactly, exactly. I do want to talk about something that you and I have spoken about at length outside of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We um, actually do talk off the air. We do. Believe it or not. So what I want to say that I have been watching and encourage people to watch, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have, <laughs> is The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I need to try it again. I need to try it again. Have you have you tried since I tried to make you watch it last I, time? I did, but I was surprised that I was a bit of a scaredy cat. Yeah, right. I don't normally think of myself as a scaredy cat okay. at all. Um, I think something's happened in my life over the past year or so that I am more unsettled. Like, I don't watch American Horror Story anymore Mm -hmm. or other things like that. And uh, it's something about it that actually unnerves me and I don't enjoy being scared Mm. as much. Even when I force myself to watch Get Out before I watched Us. Yeah. Because Lupi and Yango, and I really wanted to see what that was all about. Uh, you know, uh, Get Out was one of the first movies to get 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's now at like 98 or 99, but it, it was there for a moment. It was the first one. It was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this amazing movie. My brother's been telling me for ages. Uh, I, I, I was so like, I was just tense. I was like my shoulders and everything. Mm. And I was just like, like wanting to pull the covers up under me, but it was hot. So I couldn't pull the covers <laughs> up from under me. And so, yeah, I, I, I want to know why you like it so much. I know you, you've mentioned part of it to me, but I need to... I need I need to find the right time to watch it. Yes. I but the first time I watched it, I watched it entirely in the day. Gosh. Oh, actually until the, the like I started it in the morning and then I made it all the way through to the evening and then I like before the last two episodes I had to turn all my lights on in my room and settle in <laughs> for the night because once my whole thing is once I get scared, I can't get up anymore from my bed. Because, you don't want to leave. Because then I think like I don't want to turn I don't want to have the ability for anything to be behind me. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, no, that's a, that's a really interesting That's what That's uh, what freaks me out, the idea yeah. that something might be behind me and I don't know about it. So I have to be in my bed so that then... Nothing's behind nothing me. Nothing can be behind me. <laughs> anyway, so I did have to watch it during the day. Not that it's actually that scary. It's not actually that scary. I've become... Uh, but it, yeah. it is quite unnerving. It and is. there are some, mo- some real moments that are not jump scary, but are really like grip the edge of your bed. Yes. And... Um, uh, very draining psychologically. Yes. That's not why I like it. I'm not really into no, horror. No, no, you're not. This is why I was surprised when you wanted me to see it. Um, it is one of the most heartbreaking stories of um, family trauma and PTSD yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. It is beautiful it, and it, it takes the span over, over over it, it shows uh, a younger when they're younger and then it shows yeah. when they're older yeah and so you get to see firsthand uh the effect that has on them over years exactly it's it's basically showing yeah what what having a traumatic event in your childhood can can do to you as mm. an adult and and you get to see the way that all of these children have developed their own coping mechanisms that are that are on a varying scale of um, healthiness um, and and the the extent to which that can affect you. and But it also kind of shows how you can heal, a, a, way, a way to heal. Yeah. Um, I can't say anymore. Right. Um, but it, it's, it was my favourite show of 2018. Um, I, I, I just, recently oh, rewatched the last. Blows my mind. That's what you said, and I'm like, gosh, I need to really try it this because Jane said it was her favorite <sighs> show of 2018. I recently rewatched the so last four episodes or so, and it was just every single time. I, I can't. I, there are no words oh, for how much I love oh, this show. Jane's like getting a little bit flushed and tearing up. It's, I'm not tearing oh, up. You, your eyes, your me. eyes are glistening a little bit more you than they were. You can choose to believe that, but they aren't. <laughs> Sorry, Jane doesn't experience emotions. I don't have emotions, <laughs> except that I love this TV show. Please, if you haven't seen it already, it set aside. And, and I think it's similar to In the Flesh in that you do kind of have to pay attention. The first four episodes are slow. Mm. Um. When Jane tried to get me to watch this, I hadn't slept the night before and I did fall asleep. Yes. I was so annoyed at you that I day. I <laughs> um, Not because you weren't paying attention to this TV show, because I was like, why did you come around if you are, like, completely nonverbal? I just I just didn't want to not see you. You couldn't, you couldn't even just, like, have a conversation. You no, were so exhausted. I was so out of it. Find time. Settle in. Be prepared to have your heart broken. Oh, gosh. It's so if that's amazing. what you're into. <laughs> If that's what you're into. Anyway, um, that, that's right. my, what am I, what's in my eye? Uh, what's been in my eye is a show called Now Apocalypse. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I've been, uh, it's part of the Stan Network on Australian television. Um, and I think it's Stars Media uh, is, is the original production company. So my first part of what I actually really liked the show and why my attention was drawn to it was actually because it is, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name, uh, the director of Mysterious Skin and this really weird off-kilter movie called um, Kaboom. And it just isn't quite right. And it was almost it was almost a really good movie, Mysterious Skin, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, actually, uh, done a very long time ago. Uh, A-C-Y something. Anyway, uh, those are his initials, not even the right first Continue, continue. Okay. I don't know his name, but... We can Google it later. I um, really enjoy the fact that he's giving another go at the same 
like idea that he had before in a movie and he's made it into a TV show and it's actually a lot better. Okay. It's still not great. You're really selling it. I know, I know. But it's fun and the colours and the dialogue and it's it's funny and witty and just the right amount of what the fuck. But it's also, it looks a little low budget, even though the amount of, like, popularity it's gained and uh, marketing it's gotten still fathoms me. Uh, the guy from Awkward is in it. Also, um... Awkward? Yeah. Jeez, I haven't thought about that show in a really long time. I know, I tried to watch it again and I couldn't, uh, because I saw, I think, the first two seasons. But uh, there's also, uh, I can't remember his name, the guy from Teen Wolf is in it as well. Which one? The main guy. Tyler, Tyler Posey. Posey? Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting, but low budgety. But it, I I just wish it's it's so close to actually being a good show. And I know I'm not selling this at all. But if you are you enjoying it, I am enjoying it. Okay, and that's I've gotten all... a bunch of other people to enjoy it. Um, mostly because of the um sex positive nature of the show sure. and uh the central gay character and it's just weird. But not in a like David Lynch weird way. Okay, great. It's cause... weird in a like it almost feels like a film student just had an idea and ran with it. And I'm like, I applaud your commitment. <laughs> this I don't think you should have gone this route, but you're going for it. And hey, let's let's jump on for the ride. Yeah, sure. So it's 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 definitely an experience, and it's not it's not like many other TV shows I've ever seen. And I want to love it, but I don't but I'm still watching it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Each to their own. And beautiful colour schemes, honestly. The costumes, the outfits, the the, the, the popping nature of the colours. It just is so lovely. Mm. Delightful. Yes. You know I like those details. I know. I know how you feel about aesthetics. All right. So I guess that's it for today. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. You could rate, review, or subscribe if you enjoyed us. Yes. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Somehow, we're going to have all three. I'm not too sure how, but anyway. <laughs> and you can find us on the That's Not Canon website. Mm-hmm. Just Google That's Not Canon Productions, scroll down till you find us, and there you'll be able to find our entire back catalogue of episodes. It's also all on iTunes if you so desire. Yes, or other networks. Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. No, I don't know. No, I don't know no, where our RSS feed no, is going no, to lead no, to. That's right, yeah. Mystery. <laughs> anyway, thank you again. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming back. If yes, you uh, listened again yes. after our little break, and take a chance on us. Continue listening if you liked this episode. Thanks so much. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello. Oh, we don't have a Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been turned down. Hello, hello, hello. I think we can record it. Do you remember? Mm. Three millimetres to the left of the G, to the left of the G, to the left of the G. (laughs) How do you remember that? Oh, because we said it so many times to try and remember it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 